Hi, this is your coach, Joe Lucas, and welcome to this Practice Power blog. And uh, yes, I'm alive, and uh, yes, I've missed all of you too, and you're probably all wondering where I've been and what's been going on. And uh, so I thought uh, what I would do uh, in this podcast is actually uh, change directions uh, going forward and kind of explain what we're going to be doing, uh, you know, kind of where I've been, what's going on, and uh, also to make sure I provide you massive amounts of value uh, for spending the time with me uh, today. So uh, first off is that, as you know, for years I published a daily piece, uh, whether it was a video, uh, which was really crazy in retrospect to do every day, um, but then an audio piece. And, and what I realized is that, you know, doing those little quick snippets, those uh, five to ten minute chunks every day um, between production time and staff time and just everything else, I mean, it's nice to do, but for a lot of you, quite frankly, uh, when we look at the uh, uh, the watching or the readership or the listening, you know, it, it's okay, but I think for a lot of you, you get a lot of stuff coming at you uh, each and every day, and um, so I just think that's probably not in everybody's best interest. Now, with that being said, I've been literally besieged uh, online, uh, Twittered, uh, actually in my own business planning conference uh, last week about, hey, when am I going to get these back to these podcasts? So here's what I've decided to do. I took, um, I took the feedback, and I took the weekend, and I said, okay, so what do I want to do here? Because first off, let me say this. Uh, I love sharing, and I love giving back to this wonderful industry of ours. And uh, so I want to do something. So here's what, uh, here's what I've decided to do and how we're going to move forward. Um, I'm going to publish a podcast basically weekly. Um, most likely it will, be, it will go out on Fridays, uh, though here we are the day before Thanksgiving, and I'm just in a great mood, a great morning here in Central Florida, beautiful, sunny, warm for some of you. And so I pushed it out today. But typically what we'll do, we'll push it out on a Friday, and uh, it's going to be longer, so it's not going to be a five-minute, uh, five to ten-minute quick hit. Uh, I'm going to take my time. I'm going to actually inhale a little bit slow down, and uh, do a couple different things uh, for each week. I think the first thing I'm going to do is uh, give you just kind of some thoughts or a concept or uh, what I like to call what I'm working on for my, with my clients right now. Hey, what are we uh, focused on? Uh, the second thing I'll probably want to do is give you um, some, well, I'll say industry commentary, what I'm hearing, uh, my perspective. You know, you may not agree with it, but um, I've been wired into this industry now for almost a quarter century as a coach. Uh, the third thing I'm going to do is tell you a little client story, uh, what's going on, maybe a little coaching, if you will. And uh, then the fourth thing I'm going to do is make a recommendation. might be a book, might be a podcast, might be a video, um, but something that uh, I think is valuable not only to my clients but to uh, all advisors in general. So with that being said, uh, that's how we're going to move forward. Now, I also made another decision, and uh, this is the one that I'm going to need your help with. I love doing these, and you know, obviously they're not marketing intended. They don't have you know ads in them and and offers and all this other stuff. You know, it's really a give back. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Now we publish uh, in our app. We publish obviously on the uh, internationalipginc.net website. We publish in iTunes, and we publish in SoundCloud. So we're kind of multi multi-platform, if you will. What I'm going to ask you to do is to uh, spread the word. Get your, uh, get your colleagues, uh, friends in the industry, uh, if, if management is kind of in your space, that also. And, and let's make Practice Power, you know, this, this podcast, 
something that uh, everybody in the industry can find value in. Okay, so let's just do that. So I'll do my weekly piece. You uh, help spread the word, and uh, together we will help shape the industry going forward. Now. What have I been up to? So we just got done with our uh, uh, one-day mastermind and our two-day business planning event uh, in Orlando, Florida this past weekend. And I uh, love doing them. Uh, this year we uh, made a, a very conscious decision to limit the attendance uh, just because I think it's a richer event and um, that was uh, obviously the right call. But here's a couple things I do want to bring up. Uh, first off, just kind of feedback uh, what I saw in the room and, and kind of what I think is very, very important. I, I still think uh, as an industry, uh, we get caught up in uh, business planning for what I'll call the business. And what happens is basically you end up with, and most of the way most people do it, uh, they figure out you know, how much, you know, how much uh, new money they want to bring in, new households or production or, or, um, or premium, right, or so on and so forth. And uh, we get caught up in the numbers, then we break it down you know, you know, into monthly goals, and uh, here we go. And that never works. <laughs> you know, it's rare that it works, put it that way. So what I've always believed, for the last 10 years at least, is that, you know, you, you really in this industry, this is, a, this is what I call a lifestyle business, a lifestyle profession. Now, what I mean by that basically is that, well, you're never really not an advisor. You know, you're an entrepreneur. And, and the question I asked people in the room was, when's the last time? Think about this for a second. When's the last time that you spent, uh, you know, more than a day or two not thinking about your business? And the reality is all great entrepreneurs do what? We're always thinking about our business. You know, I mean, I can't remember the last conscious hour or two that I go, that happens, that you don't think about your business. Great entrepreneurs do that. So the point I'm making is that you always want to recognize that, you know, that this business is not a job. You don't, when you leave that four or five o'clock, whatever time you kind of shut it down, if you will, that, hey, basically, I'm, I'm off duty now. I mean, that's what people have a job do, right? Their whole sole purpose is to get up, get there, get it done, get home, and then do whatever they do, right? That's not who we are. We live this industry. It's a lifestyle business. So point being is that if you sit there and plan your business without looking at your life first and how you want to live your life and, and you know, your, uh, you know, your vision, your, right, your ideal life, if you're not looking at those things, what you do is create basically a job for yourself. It's well-paying, and a lot of you, quite frankly, that's what you've done over the, your careers. You have this thing that pays you pretty well, you feel trapped, and you suffer because you don't have balance in your life. And to me, it's totally self-imposed. Totally self-imposed. So one of the things that I'm going to challenge you all with is, uh, first off, if you're a client of mine and or a member of practicepower.net, uh, you know that our business planning process is up there, PDFs, uh, online, it's all there. Module number one, my ideal life and lifestyle is one of the most important things you can ever do for your business. And if you're not a member, this is really cool. It's free. So all you need to do is uh, you know, join, uh, grab module number one in the business planning center, and work on it. It's my gift to you. I highly recommend you do that between now and the end of the year. Uh, that just take advantage of what's going on. Okay, so, so those are a couple of things that I think are incredibly important. So just kind of a little feedback uh, from our, our latest business planning event. Now, the other thing I want to talk to you about is uh, a couple of client conversations I've had. And, you know, sometimes as a coach, you get into what I call themes, right? Um, you know, you kind of say, okay, you know, let me focus on this area through a chunk of my clients. And, you know, dealing with uh, 75 or so personal clients plus, uh, you know, through my other coaches and stuff like that, you know, we have a, a you know, very 
uh, you know, obviously we've got a lot of stuff going on, right? And the bottom line is that I think for a lot of advisors, they have this, they suffer from this hidden challenge, which basically is that they don't believe they deserve to be successful or poor self-image or poor self-esteem. And the way it manifests itself in this business, quite frankly, is, is in a comfort zone. You know, and, and so what does that look like? It looks like, you know, you get to a certain point in your career, when, you know, whether it takes you five years or 20 years, and, you know, your brain has a set amount of dollars that you think you're able to learn, earn, or a set amount of success or level of success that, that you're allowed to have because of, you know, your, the way you're brought up, the way mom and dad talk to you, whatever it was, right, or your own, you know, conflict, your own value system. And what happens is that, you know, you look at the man or woman in the mirror in the morning and you don't see a successful person. And then you sit there and say to yourself, well, you know, it is what it is. And what happens is that we go into this what I call a mode where your business is reflective of your psychology. And what that looks like is, let's just say hypothetically you need uh, $200,000 a year to live your life, right? So that's, you know, that's the mortgage, the cars, the kids, the spouse, the whole nine yards. And you'll, you'll actually manage to the number from an income perspective, plus or minus 10%. And for some of you, you can look at that. That's been your last decade, quite frankly, plus or minus 10% because you do what we call needs-based business planning. Here's what I need. Here's my plan. The problem with that is you now groove that. But now you condition yourself to be needs-driven, not want-driven. And being want-driven is where success is at. If our society was just totally needs-based, well, do you really need a financial advisor? Do you need a BMW? No, you just need transportation, right? You get a bicycle. So you've got to remember some, our society is want-based, not needs-based. But if you're planning needs-based, that's exactly what you get. See, here's the beauty of our world. Whatever you set out to do is what you do. If you want to be a million-dollar producer, and quite frankly, you know, in today's day and age, that's not nearly as exciting as it was 20 years ago when it really meant something. So even the industry, when they talk about these million-dollar producers, I mean, that's just to me okay. I mean, that's not setting the world on fire by any stretch of the imagination. Okay. With that being said, though, you've got to figure out truly what it is you want, and that's where Module One comes into play. Your ideal life and lifestyle, how you want to live your life, where do you want to live, how do you want to live, what do you want to give back? See, I think a lot of people think, well, that's being selfish, Joe. That's, you know, it's, no, it's not. You know, I've got several clients that continue to grow their business, not because they need the money. They live well below their means. They save their money, right? They're set. They're, they're really, you know, they're really financially independent, as, you know, as they, as they do what they do. But they have bigger values, right? Things that are more important to them. They're compelling reasons. Most of them, quite frankly, are charitable. So I've got clients that have set up foundations uh, that take, you know, to, you know, two to three months off every year and go uh, and go somewhere around the world, whether it's uh, digging a water well in Africa or, um, you know, or going to other parts of the country uh, to help in need and build houses and sponsor medical care, whatever it is, right? All good. But all those things take resources. And that's the key thing. You know, I was... Um, you know, I, I found this interesting. I get to travel around the country and speak to different groups of advisors. And uh, one of the things that I notice is that a lot of them look at their business as the only thing in their world. 
It's like they're so myopic with it, you know, from the markets, what time you're going to be there, to, you know, taking care of the clients. And my God, when the client calls and I'm not here, and just all this, what I call obsolete thinking. Uh, in fact, I was talking to one of my clients, uh, she's from Dallas, Texas, and uh, she works at, at one of those major firms, uh, you know, one of those uh, wirehouses, if you will, um, you know, whether or not those become obsolete, it's a conversation for another time. And you know, she was telling me how there's a fellow in her office who's 70-some-odd years old looking to partner with somebody, uh, and then check this out, so, so this dude, right, has been in the business for, I don't know, probably almost 45, 50 years. And he literally is at his desk 6.30 in the morning every morning. He's there at 5 o'clock every night, Monday through Friday. Any day the market's open, he's there. He uh, barely takes any time off. In fact, I think he takes one week off a year, and he's done that for the last 30 years. Now, that's a job. If you ask me, and the guy does over a million dollars, so obviously, but it's still a well-paying job. It's a J-O-B. There's no business there. There's no lifestyle there. And so what this guy wants, he wants to go find a junior advisor to sit in a chair like he does, right? 6 o'clock. Market open. This is what we do. Now, you show me what millennial advisor, right, who's going to sign up for that gig. It's not going to happen. And, and, and they wonder why they can't do what they do, right? Because, again, obsolete thinking. What you have to do, look, and I'm saying this with respect. I don't care if you're 50 years in the business or five months in the business. It's irrelevant. It's about your psychology, what you believe. You believe this is about putting in the hours and a ton of hard work and taking care of people and you know discounting your fees and doing all that jazz, then that's exactly the business you're going to get. That's exactly the clients you're going to attract. And that's exactly the world you're going to build. And then one day you'll wake up, as, as most do, wondering and saying to myself, oh my gosh, I got to now change all this. Do yourself a favor. Don't build it that way to begin with. Build a lifestyle practice going forward. So those are just, to me, some of the fundamental flaws that I see. And then I want to do get back to the whole concept again about self-image. So, you know, I was talking to a client, and, you know, he does pretty well. He's okay. It's one of those, again, you're right, you know, kind of a job scenario. Uh, here's, the, here's what I need to live on. Here's what I make plus or minus 10%. And, and you know, he's been flatlined for a bit. And, and I said to him, I, I, and I'm not going to go into names because I have confidentiality agreements, but I basically said to him, I said, look, you know, it's not, you, you, you put the time in. You take care of the clients. You don't lose anybody. You know, uh, all your clients love you. But you're not growing. So, so here's the only thing that we're left with. It's you. Somewhere deep down inside, when you look at yourself in the mirror, you don't see a successful guy. You've been programmed that this is all you deserve, that this is all there is. You ask somebody, you know, people ask me all the time, what's the difference between somebody who's a, and we'll just equate success to dollars, not that that's the only, only definition here. But, you know, a lot of people say, what's the difference between somebody that does three to five million dollars a year and somebody that does three to five hundred thousand dollars a year? So basically a 10x, right? Is that 10x advisor working harder? Mm, they're probably being very efficient, very effective. I will give you that. Are they putting more hours in? Absolutely not. Because I have clients that do a couple million dollars a year and they work half the time somebody who struggles to do three hundred thousand dollars a year. So I can't equate that. Are they any smarter? No, not really. I mean, they may think they are, but they're really not. It uh, doesn't mean they have more, any more designations or anything like that. The, you know what the key difference is? They've mastered their emotions. They've mastered their own internal belief system, their psychology, their internal dialogue, their vision. They get it. And, and see, this is the kind of the hidden secret of our industry. As an industry, we value intellectual capital highly. So 
being smart, having designations, professionalism, right? That's, we value that. But here's the problem, though. If success in this industry is based solely on that, then obviously the person with the most designations would win. They would be top producer, they'd be number one, uh, they'd be whatever definition of success you want to have, right? And we know that's not true. Now, intellectual capital is important. It's part of the recipe. But what really matters, the difference maker, in my experiences as a coach from almost a quarter century, is your emotional capital, okay? Emotional capital, EC to be short. Your EC is a difference maker. Now, what is, what is emotional capital? What's made up of that? A couple things. Number one is what you believe, right? Your belief set. So, you know, in your empowering beliefs, your disempowering beliefs, and we'll probably do a podcast on that uh, in the near future. What else? It's your values, your rules, right? What you value, what emotional states you want, and how you get them, right? What else would be part of emotional capital? Your internal dialogue, your self-talk. What do you say to yourself? What else is important in your emotional capital? Well, capital, right? So what are you putting in the bank? Are you watching the news and CNBC and Bloomberg? Are you, are you reading motivational material, motivational material inspirational material, uh, things that help you become a better you? How self-aware are you? You know, your emotional quotient. What are all those things, right? That's all part of your emotional capital. How do you, how do you, what are your rules around fear? Fear of failure, fear of success, fear of rejection. How do you handle all that? What do you believe about that? Again, all part of your emotional capital. And here's the other piece. As you uh, evolve, look, it's very, there's two, there's two ways we do, uh, we do our business, right? And at least my viewpoint, uh, we call it iAdvisor, which is the future. You can either do it from a lifestyle practice, which you have, you know, yourself, maybe a full or part-time sales assistant. Uh, you run about 150 households. You can do about a million dollars a year, round numbers, nice little business, part-time. Part-time, by the way. Uh, and we've got clients that do that. Uh, a lot of you are, inter are interested in what we call the enterprise model of iAdvisor, which is multiple sub-advisors, teams, stuff like that. So guess what? The other part of emotional capital is Leadership. Leadership. You know, you cannot, manage, you, you cannot manage your way to being successful. You have to lead in order to be successful. And there's a huge differential. You know, I've got some clients that are great managers. Uh, they crack the whip. Uh, they hold their teams accountable. But that will only last for so long. You know, will they, go, will they go to war with you when necessary if it's a management scenario? Probably not. They'll probably do what's expected, plus or minus, and then they go home. Being a leader is inspiring your people. It's inspiring your team to do things because it's for the greater good. It's the greater good, the greater good of the team, greater good of the client, and so on. And that's a whole different skill set. And we need to just be aware of that, right? So that's also part of emotional capital. So you have you know, intellectual capital, emotional capital, and then the third piece of the success formula is, is P-E, physical energy. P-E, physical energy. Why? Because health and vibrancy, if you don't have that, the other two don't matter, right? You can be smart, but you don't master your emotions, you're screwed. You can be smart, master your emotions, but then your health sucks, you're screwed. 
all things have to be there. That, this is what we call, in my opinion, the ultimate success formula. So physical energy. And I'm bringing it up now because here in the United States, we are on the countdown to what? Turkey Day, right? When most people stuff themselves so much, they're lucky to, they can waddle to the, to the couch to fall asleep at the, for the second half of the 4.30 game, right? And that's what most Americans do. And then you get up the next day and go, oh, got to eat leftovers too. So here's my point. You know, we're going to the holidays. Uh, every study that I've ever read said it's always bad for your health. And look, I am I, human like everybody else. I will have my turkey. I will have my wine. I will have my stuffing. But I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll do a 30-mile bike ride tomorrow morning before we do all that, right? And then the next day, I'm going to do another 30 miles just to keep things going. Point being is that you cannot achieve greatness in anything without massive amounts of physical energy. And so what you need to do is, is adopt the uh, image, right? The, uh, the conditioning, if you will, of an, of an athlete. You know, when you think about self-identity, you know, I'm a financial advisor, or I'm a mom, or I'm a dad, or I'm this, I'm that. You better have, and I'm an athlete. And I don't care if you're 80 years old. You know, you're an 80-year-old athlete, but there's a certain psychology to that. If you sit there and say to yourself, and look, I've seen this over and over again, you know, people when they were younger, and look, I'll, I'll be 51, and I kind of, I know this, trust me, I live this. You know, we're very athletic when you're young. You played sports at a high level, right? And then at some point, you, you start saying to yourself, well, I can't do that anymore, or this hurts, right, or I need this kind of surgery, and uh, you're, you're like a walking mash unit. What you've got to remember is you, if you lose that athlete's identity, what happens is you now be, you know, what, where at, what's all about it? What's, what's the thing about athletes? I must train. I must watch my nutrition, right? I must, must have my body at, at peak levels, right? I must, I must, must. When you lose that identity, what happens? You know, I really should work out today. Hmm. You know, that burger looks really, really good. And, you know, I just buy a bigger size. It's okay. You know, things happen, right? And you drop your standards, and then all of a sudden, you get the, you get the scale creep, right? So we want to be very, very careful about that. So these are just some things I want, some food for thought I want to give you uh, this week as we kind of ponder it and we get ready to go into the holiday season. Is to really think about, you know, how you're going to handle your planning. You know, for those of you, obviously, we're in Orlando. We handled a chunk of it, which is great. And, uh, and that worked out well. Uh, for others, you've got to figure out, you've got to plan to do the plan, right? And you need to really make sure you're, uh, you're clear on that. So that's what I want you to do, is just kind of think through that. And then, uh, oh, a book recommendation. So um, I've had the privilege uh, a couple of months ago of following this uh, gentleman on Twitter, of all places, right? And, uh, and I actually sent him a direct message on Twitter, which is the first thing. I've never done one of those. And uh, lo and behold, he answered me back. And, uh, and what Jay is, Jay is an expert, a guru, to use that term. I know he probably won't like that, uh, in, um, in uh, investor behavior. And he's written a book called The Emotional Investor. The Emotional Investor. Uh, Jay's last name is Moreland, M-O-O-R-E-L-A-N-D. So if you Google The Emotional Investor, uh, you go to his website, or you can just go get it on Amazon. Oh, look, I don't receive a dime. I have no affiliate link, no reciprocal, nothing like that. It's just a damn good book. And it's a damn good book for two reasons. Number one, you as the advisor, it will give you a set of distinctions. 
so that when your clients call you up freaked out because they're watching CNBC when they shouldn't, right, or anything like that, you, have, you, can, you can have different reframes and frames to uh, go ahead and, and proverbially talk them off the ledge a little bit. Number two, if you read it and it resonates with you, and I've got some of my clients that are going to do this, they're going to actually give the book as a gift. You know, some of you sitting there going, man, what am I going to do for my clients for the holidays? When, what should I give them? Blah, blah, blah. I think it's a great book. You know, I, I could see, and I have, no, I have no problem saying that I think every one of your clients should have a copy of this just because we need to educate. Remember something. Your client base is being barraged with information, right? Websites, newspapers, TV. And although, oh, by the way, are those all positives? Are they all, oh, look at this, man. Look at all the great things going on in the world and look at all the great things going on in the business. No, it's the exact opposite. So this is, to me, a way of giving them an uh, education on how the media works and the biases that are out there. So I think it's incredibly important to take a look at that. Again, Jay Moreland, the emotional investor. And you can just Google him and you'll find him. And I uh, highly recommend it. And so, with that, uh, we're going to start wrapping up here. It's about almost, you know, we've been at this now for a bit. So, a couple things I just want to say in parting. Um, you know, I love, I love sharing, so I've got no qualms of that whatsoever. I hope that you uh, found this podcast to be of value. It was worth the listen, uh, as, uh, as you did whatever you did, right, during this. Uh, hopefully, you took some notes. Um, you know, over the next couple of weeks, as we kind of wrap up uh, 2015 here, you know, I'll probably be spending a lot of time talking about business planning, uh, maybe going over some of the modules that we do, what we have on Practice Power, uh, just so we, you, we can walk you through some of the things I think are incredibly important to do. So just keep that in mind. And then one last thing. You know, here we are tomorrow uh, celebrating here in the United States uh, Thanksgiving, uh, which has morphed from a day of giving thanks to a day of parades and gluttony and all this other stuff. But here's what I want you to remember. Be grateful for being in this industry and for the opportunities you have, because maybe a lot of you are not where you want to be yet in life, and I understand that. But here's the thing you have to remember. You have the opportunity to shape your world. That is a rare gift. Very few professions, very few industries give you that opportunity to shape it. You have it here being a financial advisor. And I don't care if you're five months in the business or 50 years in the business, you still have 100% of your career left. Shape it so it serves you and your family and you're happy. Remember, there are plenty of people. You don't have to travel very far. And I would, I would challenge you to go get in your car and just drive around. And, and you know what? Instead of, uh, instead of being off in your own world, why don't you go ahead and look around and see how the other half lives, so to speak. You know, the average family of four in the United States earns roughly $50,000 a year. Some of you do that. In fact, a lot of you do that in a month. And you still bitch about it. It's not enough, right? This industry has a, a very uh, unfortunate byproduct of its psychology. You, as a human being, could be in the top 5%, which, by the way, is owned about $132,000, round numbers, last time I read somewhere. It takes $132,000 of annual income to be in the top 
nationally. Most of you are there. Not every, you know, I'd say a vast majority of this industry is there. Yet you feel like failures. You know, it's, it always reminds me of when, you know, you're sitting there making a quarter million dollars a year. Uh, you know, you have a great roof over your head. Uh, you, have, you have a car. You have some savings, right? And you're sitting there bitching about it. Go and see how the other people live on minimum wage, the working poor. Go see what their lives are like. Go volunteer. Go take a look. And get out of your own head and look around, all right? Gratitude is a very, very powerful emotion. If you're not grateful for what you have, then you're never going to have all your power. You never will. You'll be miserable. And look, I run across a lot of people in this industry who have economic success. They're some of the most miserable people you'll ever, hopefully, never meet. And yet they're, but yet our industry holds them up to be, look at these people, look at them. You know, they're multi-million dollar producers and look how successful they are. Hey, when I talk to them and you peel that onion back a little bit and you kind of get in there, I got news for you. They're miserable and they're no different than you and I. Other than the fact is they've, they've learned to work hard and BS their way to success. Okay? So, give thanks, be grateful, thank you for listening, and I will see you again next week.